Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Music Conversation Edition, though today it will be known as the Ian and Johnny Show. But who else could I be speaking of other than Johnny Frank? Johnny is in three, count them, three separate bands right now. Bill Murray, The March Ahead, and Chair. Plus, he's got Johnny Frank Productions as well. So many things that I couldn't even put them all in the title. Johnny just had a brand new album come out for Bill Murray called Frame. If you listen to the Ian Hates Music Weekly Show, you know how much we enjoyed this album. And look, Johnny is a returning friend of the show. Just enjoy the comedy. And this conversation is all about shooting the shit. Oh, and a note. There is a moment where we have a recording issue and then start up. And when we start up, we were having a conversation off air. You're going to hear a little technical difficulty song. But don't worry, you didn't really miss any of the conversation. We go back to what we were doing before. So just to let you know, when a song plays out of nowhere, you're actually going to know what it's from. So I'm going to play a track off the new album frame. It's called Shoulder to give you a taste of the new album. And I will be back after the conversation. Enjoy. I used to False words, the drug I used to sleep So foolish and so Alright everyone, I am back and I am very excited because friend of the show, Johnny Frank, the man, the myth, the legend, he is back <laughs> on the show. Johnny, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm in my basement right now. Uh, I've got my brother lifting weights <laughs> right next to me because it's it's like a half podcast setup, half gym setup. There so, you go, man. You know, we like to, it's multi-purpose. It's good. So if we hear 
massive weights fall and just huge manly grunting, we're going to know what it's from. Exactly. Yeah, I really <laughs> wanted to make sure that, that uh, you know, if people heard like, in the background, it was <laughs> something pretty normal. So, <laughs> See, normally on the podcast, people don't know where that's coming from. And now yeah. they do. Yeah, I just don't want to let their imaginations run free, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, why in an audio world would we want to let that happen? It's very exactly. true. <laughs> <laughs> so, Johnny, man, you are doing tons. Just let me know how you're doing right now. I'm doing good, man. I've. I did, does, everyone, does anyone ever say they're doing bad? <laughs> Normally, that's me. It's like, uh, I'm doing, like, really, sh- but, like, on a podcast. How you doing, man? You're like, I'm doing shitty, dude. <laughs> You're absolutely right. No one has done it. I think we should start that now. Are you doing shitty? Let's talk about it. No, I actually am doing good. Good. Um, but y- I feel like you can always tell when someone's doing shitty and they say they're doing good on an interview. Like, they're like, how you been? And you're like, good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're trying to convince themselves right. that they're doing good. <laughs> like, so good. It's just so good. I actually am doing good, though. So <laughs> That is very um, good to hear. Yeah, yeah. I've just been doing a lot of creative work, which is where I feel sane and whole in life. So, <laughs> And I mean, that's normal because it seems right. like you never stop. Yeah, I can't, dude. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I guess I could if I wanted to, but. <laughs> well, look, I'm glad you're not because look, we're in 2017 now. You were on the show almost six months ago. Really? Yeah, I just had to check it, but it was almost six months ago. And since then, you've put out an entire Bill Murray album and the March Ahead EP. Yeah. And that's not yeah. even counting everything else that you're doing, like producing and doing all the Johnny Frank production stuff. I mean, I just talked to Lauren Babick, and she mentioned that you worked on the new Crazy 88. Yeah, me and Jared have been working on that for like almost a year. Has so, it really been that long? Wow. Yeah, well, it took him a long time to, to uh, actually figure out what kind of sound he wanted to go for. Mm-hmm. Cause at first it was kind of like a Paris thing, and then and then uh, uh, he tried to do like pop, but Jared, you know, he just kind of realized like I don't, I'm not good at writing pop. Right. So, <laughs> um, we kind of just trial and errored a lot of these songs. I mean, he rewrote those songs probably five or six times. Wow. Um, and he would take it and arrange it and change it up mm-hmm. and just do all kinds of stuff to it. So, yeah, it was a it was a pretty interesting process. But yeah, I worked on that. Working on a new uh, Canadian softball album right now. That's what I'm mixing. Nice. Finishing that up. and um, But yeah, yeah, I've been just putting out as much as I possibly can um, into the world. <laughs> <laughs> we talked briefly off air when we were setting everything up, and we were talking about technology and what will we do. It seems like not only have you used technology a lot for music, but also just bringing everything together because you don't live where Jared lives, you know, you know, Lauren's in Canada and they have never talked once. Like how would you actually be able to do anything if you didn't have the technology to send music back and forth? I know, I constantly think about that. Like, you know, I'm kind of like a I always think in worst-case scenarios, so I'm like one day, dude, I'm going to wake up, look at my phone and be like, the internet has fucking <laughs> crashed. <laughs> and and I'm just I, I always think like, what? what would I do at that point as far as like a job or anything? Right. Maybe I need to get like a gun or something. Right. Would there, <laughs> would there be jobs? Cause I just assume if the internet's gone, it's zombie time. I it's zombie time, but I don't think it'll be real zombies. It'll just be everyone becomes a fucking like absolute maniac and just like all, all order is gone. Yes. And it's, it's survival of the fittest. <laughs> Again, once again, once again, the strongest yes. man wins, and hence um, why you have a gym in your basement. Yeah, yeah, it's all just prepping for that day. <laughs> um, but no, I mean it is it is awesome because you know, like Lauren, she's an amazing singer, and I would oh, yeah. have never been able to connect with her at all. I've never met her in real life. I've I've met Jared twice in real life, but okay. other than that, it's you know just us over Skype goofing off and geeking <laughs> off and just laughing and shit so that first time that you met jared was that when you guys did that uh scene 2.0 song 
It was uh, the the first thing that we did was beating a dead horse. Ah, okay. And uh, he basically, yeah, he he came in to just like finish it up with me. So, like, I he came in for like three days, did the did a couple songs, and then that was it. Mm. So, um, we just, I mean, the first time I met him, it was like very. It it was weird because you see this person digitally, and then you're you're actually like put in a situation where you're like, oh, you're sitting in my car and we're <laughs> driving to the studio, and you know, like what, you, just like really getting that sense of the person's personality w- outside of the digital realm, right? Because it is vastly different, you know. So it is it's it's very interesting. I would think humor wise that you two would get along pretty well. Yeah, one of the funniest things about Jared is uh, he's very different. Mm-hmm. Like, he has, like, a character that he plays, um, ah. you know. He, he's not, like, outspoken. So he, he's he's pretty quiet and, like, reserved. I mean, he's definitely fucking hilarious. But right. his, his okay. sense of humor is, is like, he he's a very observational sense of humor. And so... He's not going to be the guy who's at the party, everyone's circled around, and he's cracking jokes. He's right. going to be the guy like sitting back and being like, why the fuck <laughs> is this person doing this? Right. But just not saying anything about it, and then like figuring it out, musing on it, discussing it, and then making some sort of content that expounds like, upon that observation that he has. Right. So I think it was funny like when we first met each other like he's awesome to hang around with but you know he's much more quiet and reserved are you more that life of the party guy yes i figure uh, yeah <laughs> yeah i i love attention i'm just kidding <laughs> uh <laughs> no i i don't know i love the idea of like getting a bunch of people together and discussing some sort of weird concept or something like that or i like the idea of there not being any sort of conversation to like having a, an open forum, kind of like five to seven people talking sure. about something and leading that into something interesting. So yeah, I don't have like canned jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just like, uh, I, I like hypothetical humor. So like just, uh, one thing that we talked about recently was like, if you, if Selena Gomez needed a ride to like Kansas city, would you would she friend zone you or would you be able to like win her over? <laughs> it's really an, a topic of endless discussion. So oh yeah, but yeah. So I, I I love shit like that. I don't I don't like the I hate I don't really like stories, um, because I think stories hurt a conversation where it's like you have a bunch of people riffing and bouncing off of each other and then like saying oh this would be funny or what about this idea and then someone's like this one time like my friend got really drunk. <laughs> And and it just fucking like kills all the momentum of a conversation. <laughs> and I mean, if you have someone who's an amazing storyteller, it's great. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, you know, but it's pretty rare to run into someone who's really good at telling a story. And the people who tell lots of stories are usually fucking terrible at it. <laughs> Very true. No, no, you're yeah. absolutely right. You see that a lot in bars, especially. Yeah. Everyone gets real selfish. Yep. And, uh. It's just it's just very weird. No, it's very <laughs> true. So I do have to ask then, did you decide on whether you'd be friend-zoned or not by Selena Gomez? I more posed the question, but ah. uh, I don't know. I, I just kind of figured it out. <laughs> very nice. I think we might have talked about this a little bit the last time you were on, but are there any stand-up comedians or anything that you follow? Uh, I love Bill Burr. Yes. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I think like Selena, I don't, I think she would friend zone me. I don't know. I don't think I'm good enough, good looking (laughs) enough. Um, I could tell her a lot of awesome jokes, but you know. I'm not the weekend, so what am I going to do, you know? That's very true. But I thought you didn't have canned jokes anyways. Yeah, I know. But, you know, like the situational joke, I could I, I could do a good job. I could make her laugh, but, you know, I don't, you know, 
I just don't possess the looks of the Biebers <laughs> of the world or the monies of the weekends of the world, you know? <laughs> I think we need to start a Twitter poll and <laughs> see if that's true or not. I don't know. Maybe I'd, I'd give myself, if I were to give myself a percentage, it would be five and a half percent. I'd say that would be the, <laughs> my, my ability. But, you know, I guess being friend zoned by Selena Gomez isn't the worst thing that could happen. So. Very true. I guess that's my opinion on the issue. <laughs> on the issue. That yeah. specific issue. <laughs> the pressing issues. I read a really weird article recently that said the term friend zone is very misogynist. And that we shouldn't be using that term whatsoever because a woman never owes you sex. But I didn't think that that's what friend zone meant. What did you think it meant? I thought that friend zone more meant like, hey, you want to be in a relationship with said person, but that person doesn't want to. So they put you in the friend zone. Now, I would say that oftentimes in a relationship, there is sex, I would hope in most cases in a relationship <laughs> there would be sex but that's not the end all be all that's kind of what i thought it was yeah I, I i don't think it's that i mean yeah it does it doesn't sound very misogynistic it just sounds like two people are on different page like one dude wants to date and like wants to make the relationship a little bit more serious and the girl's like i just want you to help me move right right <laughs> and i didn't think it was gender specific either I thought that a guy could put a girl in the friend zone as well. Does it happen often, though? I got to tell you, Frank, I have. <laughs> I'm not going to call you Frank. <laughs> <laughs> you friend zone in mad ladies, dude. Johnny, I have friend zone ladies before. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, I can think of a couple ladies that were interested in me and I was not interested in them and friend zone them. Yeah. I, just I think, think it happens. Absolutely. On, on the majority. It, it would be dudes. Sure. Um, because the issue is you have a dude who's less attractive than the woman. Right. But the woman, here's here's something weird that I've seen a couple times is like the woman will realize it It can go either way. You know, I don't want to make anyone met fucking mad. I know, man. Um, We're pissing tons of people off right yeah, now. Yeah, dude. I'm going to get so many emails. <laughs> um, but like. There's there's always one party that's upreaching, and then it's up to the to the higher party to mm -hmm. decide whether they need to be straight up with them and say, "Hey, I'm not into you," or do you use them to get what you want, i.e., help moving, yes, a shoulder to cry on when you need it, mm -hmm. someone to pick you up when you're drunk, you know, airport so, visits, <laughs> <laughs> dropping someone off at the airport. These are all things that I don't do for any of my friends that are women because right. I will not be friend zone. I refuse, dude. <laughs> and I let them know that. I'm like, hey, you know, uh, don't ever ask me to help you move. It's just not in the cards. <laughs> all I can hope is that that is your opening line on Bumble. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me to fucking help you move. Yeah, don't, ask don't ask me to go to the airport. I'm not buying you drinks. I'm not picking you up when you're drunk. I will tell jokes and I will make you laugh, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, don't forget the music thing too. Ah, uh, yeah, they'll find out. I'm just <laughs> that's kidding. true. They they I, would find out. <laughs> I would say, see, that has to bump your percentage up. I would assume. I try not to rely on that. Okay. Yeah, because I, I I know the guys who are like who just that's the only card they throw. Right. It's like oh, I'll play music and I just I'm like. I can't I can't just throw that card right off the bat. Gotcha. Uh, if they find out that you do play music and they're like, why didn't you tell me that? Then <laughs> it's like even more points, you know? That's a good point. You know what? I have learned something. I am going to stop telling every woman I see that I do podcasts. Yeah. That's got to be my problem. <laughs> I get it now. You're like... Well, I think your issue is that like every time you see a woman, you scream podcast at her. I do. I do. <laughs> I go hashtag podcast right and in their face. She She's like, I don't fucking understand what you're trying to communicate. <laughs> and then you run away. I think once you solve that, give it a little time before you just scream podcast at her and then she'll come around. <laughs> this is why I always want you back on the show because I learned so much. 
All right, man. <laughs> I feel like we've already pissed off a lot of people, so let's just keep this one going. Yeah, mission accomplished. <laughs> That's all I've been wanting to do is piss people off. Really? I'm I'm terrified of making people angry. But I also realize it's completely like you're there's there's no way to go through life and have a personality and not do that. So No. Very true. I think my tough part is I want to make jokes. I love all types of comedy. So you just never know who you're going to piss off anymore. Yeah. And I think like you just got to stop worrying about it. Cause like if you're, if your content is good Mm -hmm. and like what you're saying is funny, maybe it's going to piss off like a small portion of the society or whatever. But if it hits with a bigger majority of people, it's, it's not as big of a deal. No, that's very true. But you, you asked who my favorite stand-up comedian is, and yes. I have Bill Burr in right. my mind. Mm-hmm. He's the greatest. No, he is awesome. I think I love him because he's like, he's like the the man's man that we love from <laughs> olden days. You know, like he. It's true. He's got like kind of a drinking problem, but like not really. <laughs> um, he smokes cigars and he loves mm-hmm. cars, and he just is this like Boston hard motherfucker, and. Uh, you know, and he knows he's an idiot and all that stuff. I love him. Right. And I love a sign for me of someone who's funny is someone who they can just sit in a room by themselves and talk. Right. And that's what his podcast says. He's been doing it for 10 years. He just sits in a room by himself, talks into a microphone, and it's it's unbelievably funny. So Very true. I don't know. Now, is that something you would ever want to do? Stand up? Stand up or just sitting in your basement talking to yourself on a podcast. Well, I I started a podcast called Porch Sesh and There you go. I was like I had a couple buddies who came in on it with me because they were also wanting to do one. Mm-hmm. But uh that my initial idea for the podcast is like I'm just going to sit in a room by myself and talk ah. and see what happens. Okay. So I think I could probably do that. Um, but I definitely enjoy like the back and forth right. talking with someone and, and all that. I think that if I did it by myself, it'd be much more like serious and philosophical and, and then everyone would finally realize like I'm actually insane. Uh, <laughs> finally realize <laughs> it's like, dude, he, he, it's a, it was a four hour podcast and he just made golem noises for three and a half hours, but I couldn't stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> please, please do that. It was like two hours of golem noises and I'm like. This episode's brought to you by Stamps.com, and then an hour more of golf <laughs> I'm just impressed you already have commercials. You have sponsors. You're set. You're all good. It's just Stamps.com, though. No one else is interested in my content. <laughs> no. I want to test you right now. I want to hear a live read for Stamps.com. Are you sick of not having stamps? <laughs> I am. Me too. <laughs> stamps.com. <laughs> See, I, I need some material there. I need, uh, you know, I need someone. What? I, they send them, they send them like fucking like three page long reads on Do that. they really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. If you listen to Bill Burr's, he'll, he'll just, he'll like shit on it. Oh, that's very true. He'll be like, he'll be like, and these underwear are great. And he's like, I've never tried them on. Oh, but right. But just wrote that down. To t- <laughs> he's had like... I know what you're talking about because I listen to now I don't get to listen to a bunch of podcasts because I'm too busy doing these ones, but mm-hmm. I do listen to Comedy Bang Bang and they have to do those types of live reads. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny cuz the li- the people who type out the live reads are like um you know, they're just <laughs> like they're trying to make it sound like it's a natural dialogue. Right. But it's clearly not. Absolutely. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, if I did a podcast by myself, that's probably what it would be like. Interesting. All right, that is a little yeah. different. <laughs> <laughs> I really just want to explore podcasting, you know. <laughs> well, I liked what I saw in your studio. Yeah, yeah. So what is the deal with Port Sess then? Are you continuing on? Are episodes oh, coming out? Okay. Yeah, we, I, we do an episode every week, week and a half. Um We've got we've got three episodes out and we're doing uh we've got eleven recorded so um we've got a lot in the bank but it's uh, the way that I do it is a lot different from like 
well, there's certain podcasts that do it, but it's uh, it's we take two hours conversation between four people, mm-hmm. and we cut it down to fifteen to twenty minutes of like the funniest uh, shit. There you go. Complete non sequitur. Yeah. Um. <laughs> just it makes no sense. It's just funny thing that happened to next funny thing that happened, and we have uh, so we have four mics, and then we have like probably like six or it's whoever wants to come hang out but it's like six or seven other people okay come and just sit on either end of the table and it's like you have your own like in-house studio audience so if you say a funny joke and it hits hard yeah like you'll hear a bunch of laughter in the background <laughs> so it's like a natural laugh track right so it's kind of an interesting little vibe we've got going on and how we've developed it over over time and yeah i don't know it's cool but you keep that separate from all the music yeah, yeah. I you know, I don't I I don't like when artists do like switch-ups of content uh cuz it's dishonest to their audience. Gotcha. So, and you know, I'll probably be hypocritical in like 2 years or something <laughs> and do that, but you know, right now I'm going to act like I know what I'm talking about. Sure. Um so I just, you know, like people follow me on Facebook because they like my music. So, if I started posting about politics and shit like that, it wouldn't why I feel like that's being shitty to my audience because they're there. They liked my page because it's a music page and I'm going to talk about music and, right. you know, give them that service that I love to provide and, and be that kind of, you know, have the outlet be what it is for the purpose that people like it. Right. So if I start something new, like a podcast, it's just going to be its own deal. I may like cross promote a little bit, but for the most part, it's it's gonna be, it's gonna get its own audience for its own reason. You know, I want people to like the podcast because it's, it's its own thing. That makes sense. Or just just dislike it completely, and that's <laughs> also cool too. <laughs> well, look, you probably piss more people off there with what you said because there are so many bands right now that post nothing but politics. I fucking hate that shit. <laughs> oh man. Like, I, I'll have, like, a political post, but it'll be a little bit more subtle. Like, hey, when you're in a disagreement with someone, make sure to scream them down. You know, right, like, right. it's just because it's, it's a little funny. But, man, I fucking hate when bands do that shit. It's like, I don't, I don't listen to your music because you don't like Donald Trump. I listen to your music because you're good at making music. Right. You know, and, like, I think it's if you want to speak out on that, start a different platform and the people who want to hear that will follow you on that platform. And the people who don't want to hear it don't have to. Sure. But then again, you know, it goes the other way where it's like, well, if I don't want to hear a band talk about politics, then I can just stop listening. Do another thing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, like I just, what I don't like is that bands talk about politics and I know that their motive is they know it will get clicks. Sure. And they know it'll get traffic. True. And it's like, to me, I value genuine art and I value when people are being real. And I think a lot of people value that. Oh, yeah. And so when I get the sense that someone's on stage saying, fuck Donald Trump, just because they know that they're going to get a cheer from the crowd or just because they, but they actually like don't care. To me, that's just, it's a big fucking lie and you're not being genuine. So, you know, or I mean, some of them are genuine, but, I, you know, when bands make the switch. Right. Be, we're going to be a political band now. And especially if it's a if it's driven by money, it just it, it makes me kind of mad. Oh, yeah. No, I can definitely see that for sure. But, yeah, you are very active on social media, you know, between multiple accounts. So, yeah, I haven't seen anything like that actually to be different from your music. Good. You haven't unfollowed me on Facebook, which is not yet. Which is, yeah, and I, you know, I'm giving it like two or three months. We'll see what happens, but who knows? <laughs> By the third or fourth time that you're on the show, maybe <laughs> it, it'll just be too much. Yeah, you're like, I can't handle. Like, I'm into politics and stuff, but I just, you know, it's like, <laughs> I don't want to be fucking hypocritical and shit. No, very about true. that. So, yeah, I don't know. It seems to me, anyways, when you're on Twitter, you know, sometimes on Facebook. It's very almost stream of conscious because you'll go from saying something like powerful and emotional and then all of a sudden you'll talk about how you were lifting weights but you ate something before you lifted and you shouldn't have done that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it, Twitter is especially very stream of consciousness. Right. You know, it's it's like those thoughts that you have in your car, and mm-hmm. you're like, "Fuck, I want to write that down." So instead, I just tweet it while I'm driving. It's super safe. Yes. Um, if Ian hates music can say anything, it's please text and drive. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I can't stand behind that. I don't want blood on my Good. hands, dude. You know what? I am glad you shouldn't, and I don't. <laughs> All jokes, people. <laughs> it was a fucking joke. Um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd try to make my Twitter as entertaining as I can. I mean, I, that's that's my stance on, like, whether it be some sort of philosophical idea that I have, you know, or, like, I don't know, whatever. I can't think of one right now. But, like, if, if it's, like, a deep philosophical thing or mm-hmm. motivational thing or, like, just a stupid joke or whatever – if I think it's going to be like valuable to other people to read and they, they would think that'd be interesting. I'll post it. Um, but yeah, I I try to, I try to keep it generally entertaining and not as, you know, serious. I agree. Do you get a lot of fan interaction? Nope. Not at all. Okay. No one gives a shit. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) actually like it was a, there's an interesting shift that happened to me. Like, a year and a half ago mm-hmm. where I think on social media, the only w- reason that I used it was like, Oh, go do this audience. Go do that. Go sure. do this. Check this thing out. I just kept asking them to do all this shit. And I was watching, um, this interview or this talk from, uh, this guy, Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he, he was like, it is not the audience's job to do what you want them to do. It's ah. your job to fucking entertain them and, and do what you're good at right. and do what they appreciate. And and that and to build relationships with them. And that hit me, and I was like, I'm going to change everything. Everything that I do on social media is going to switch towards that because, I mean, I make music and stuff to connect with people, and I want to connect with people, and, like, I want to do those things, mm-hmm. like, create those bonds and stuff like that. And and so I need to start making content that people really enjoy. People like that's funny or thought provoking or whatever. And then, you know, talk to them, comment on the things that they comment, have a dialogue with them, get to know them. And, uh, you know, I think that I've had a much more rewarding social media experience doing that because right. it's, it's a little bit more real, you know? Yeah, that makes total sense. And I would say, music-wise, you make music for yourself. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially, like, I feel I have three different bands I'm in. Uh, So I have Chair, Bill Mm -hmm. Murray, and The March Ahead. And they each kind of play a different role. But Bill Murray, I would say, is like, that is, I try to keep that as pure as I can. Okay. I try to keep that as genuine as I can. And, like, I want to make music people like. But Bill Murray, to me, is, like, whatever I want to do and whatever I think is worth expressing and and but I try to keep it like Bill Murray is me I'm, mm-hmm. it, it's genuine like what I'm doing so if you were to go ahead and explain what the difference is between the three bands Bill Murray is you and then how are the offshoots different so chair came about because um a lot of my friends would have these acoustic house shows and they'd ask me to play. Mm-hmm. And each time I would have to find like two different people. We'd have to learn a bunch of songs. And then, you know, the next one I'd find two different people. We'd have to learn a bunch of songs. And it, it was just like the thought came up like, shit, I should just make a band where if someone asks us to play, we don't really have to do that much work because we've already done the work up front. Huh. And so like I was just looking around and I was like, I want it to be really simple acoustic stuff mostly covers and and uh maybe some originals Mm -hmm. and uh and then i found like these two girls who are like incredibly talented and and uh you know we were just able to make something from there now the march ahead is is much more like i love the the stuff that i make on the march ahead but it's much more like people have been requesting this from me and they want this and so okay i'll I'll, you know, they're like, I, I wish you would make metalcore again. And I'm like, well, I'm not <laughs> against making metalcore. So I'll, I'll do some, I'll do this March Ahead EP and make this, you know, heavier music. Um, and so the March Ahead is much more like what people want. Um, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, it is, it is pretty genuine as well. I mean, the last, the last release. Uh, Wait. Is. 
is uh pretty pretty genuine yeah like it's it's about as real as it gets as far as uh the the EP weight is about right. as real as it gets as far as lyrically and stuff too. So I you know I don't want to just be like totally fake and write lyrics about something I don't care about. Right. When I said wait just a second ago, do you think I was asking you to wait because I meant that as the EP title? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just wait. <laughs> I also I also noted today I checked Spotify and I saw the track to you. On yeah. the March Ahead as well. Did you just recently release that? Yeah, it actually came out today. Oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a crazy person right now. Yeah, we're we're working on a music video for that, um, but I've been super busy with other projects, so I haven't been able to get to it. Right. Um, but yeah, so that, that just dropped today. That's like Justin Bieber cover because I'm just obsessed with Justin Bieber. I like, I literally, every song he puts out, I'm like, this is incredible. This is amazing. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so like... There, that's why there's like three Justin Bieber covers from the March Ahead because I can't stop. <laughs> I can't stop. I can't believe that I didn't know that, but I've also never heard a Justin Bieber song before. What? Oh, no, I'm not kidding you. The only time I've heard Justin Bieber songs are when metalcore bands have done covers of them. Really? Yeah. I've literally never heard it. So when I just asked you that, I thought that was an original <laughs> Johnny Frank song. <laughs> No, no, it's a that's a Bieber cover. So I'm guessing you don't listen to the radio at all. Or? No, I haven't listened to the radio in probably, I want to say ten years, maybe. And then, holy shit, dude! I have headphones on everywhere I go, so I don't hear it in the grocery store. I don't hear anything. We were just talking about this on the weekly show, actually. You know, they have the Pop Goes Punks that come out, and they have a brand new one. I didn't know a single song on the album except for one. Holy crap. I think that's probably, oh, that's kind of cool, though. I wish that I enjoyed other styles of music, but it just, it's very, very rare. Like I can tell you, look, you admit to the Justin Bieber thing. People who listen to the show know I love Carly Rae Jepsen, but. She's, a, she's awesome. Yeah, I've only heard three of her tracks, though. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So, like, is, I mean, you, because you review, I listen to your show. All the, the time. Where Thank you, you. Where you did every. <laughs> week uh where you did frame yeah you reviewed it mm-hmm. and uh i got really mad at you oh I shit gave you i'm just kidding <laughs> um but i listened to that show and you review a lot of music and i i you know how many you were you reviewed like two albums a couple albums i don't know like a couple singles and shit like that so i don't even know if you have time to listen to the music on the radio if you're rev- are you doing those reviews every week oh yeah and actually so we actually decided that unless it's a big band that people want to hear us talk about if we don't like an album we don't even talk about it so when you hear the show and you hear us go through like six albums that's because we most of the time enjoyed those albums and wanted to spread the word about them but okay we listen to like 12 albums and we say for all those other ones, we're not even going to mention because it's not even worth it. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. We just did that. The last show that's coming out actually Thursday, we only end up doing four albums, but we listened to like 10. Jeez. And and how many times do you listen through? Oh, I listen through like, I, and I'm not kidding you, like five to 10 times each. That is gnarly, dude. I want to make sure that I'm giving credit where it's due and I want to see if something latches on because there are, you know, really bad albums, you know, in my opinion, that Absolutely. aren't really worth multiple listens. But I still want to give it that chance because I do want to find like the point of the show, even though it's called Ian Hates Music, is to talk about good music. Right. So that that's makes what sense. I try. Yeah. Dude, you got to have like I, this would be my request is you got to have like one album. For everyone that you do, where you just fucking rip it, dude. Like, where you are just like, I, this is a, the biggest flop ever. Cause I, I, I watch a lot of movie reviews online and th- yeah, yeah. they'll, they'll just go back and review shitty movies from that came out like 10 years ago. And right. it's hilarious. Well, look, I have the perfect thing for you. Just listen to Ian hates movies because that's what we do. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Everyone's opinion is good is the biggest bullshit statement of all time. Exactly. Yes. Well, you didn't know that, John? You didn't know that? You remember, people's opinions are sacred now, so you're actually yeah. not allowed to tell anyone that they're wrong. Oh, yeah. shit. I guess I didn't get the memo. 
oh man, you, you better get with it because the amount of death threats I've received because of movies that I've trashed, oh yeah, for sure. What? Yeah, I'm not kidding. Actual you. death threats? Actual death threats. What do you mean? I mean people actually sending me emails or over Facebook or social media saying that they want to kill me, that they'll see me sometime because of reviews that I've done. Do you think they're trolling though? Oh, it's possible. Like you can look up, we have a few, it's kind of funny. I, I normally don't talk about this stuff because it's so fucking stupid. But we have people that will make up fake accounts and go on like YouTube and talk about someone called me and I thought this was hilarious. Who's the guy who does the Nerdist podcast? Oh, Chris Hardwick. Someone called me a shitty Chris Hardwick. <laughs> <laughs> so they made a ghost account just to troll you? Yep. And then nothing else after that. Yeah. I d I... What What would possess you to want to threaten to kill someone because they didn't like a movie that you liked? You want to know who those people are? They're DC fans. Ah. <laughs> yep. Because those are the only movies that I trash. Well, for good reason. It's now, did you like Wonder Woman? I refused. We actually, on the show, we <laughs> said after Batman v Superman and after Suicide Squad, no more DC movies. They don't deserve a third chance. Yeah, no more. Or a 30th chance. But I will tell you this. I, I don't know. Do you know what the like Rotten Tomatoes rating is for Wonder Woman? Uh, is it pretty good? Yeah, it's really good. But I will tell you that every actual person that I've <laughs> talked to has said that the movie is terrible. Here's here's the thing. I don't think it's terrible. Okay. I I I I I have the luxury of living across the street from a movie theater. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um I don't think it's terrible. I just kept thinking they made a very safe superhero movie. Right. And I think that it was the right call for them. Like they shouldn't take risks at this point. <laughs> they're not in a position to take yeah, risks. They're not Marvel. No. Marvel can Marvel could have like a Howard the Duck movie that's just a two hour long fart and like people would probably think it was amazing. Yep. Um, and it probably would be amazing. I agree. Because I, I just they haven't done anything that has been like really bad in right. the past, you know, ten years like, probably. Yeah, like, I would say like eight years. Yeah. Um they've done some stuff where I was like, eh like True. Doctor Strange, I was like, eh. I, yeah. I would I would equate Wonder Woman and Doctor Strange on the same level. And then my second thought on Wonder Woman is that it, it's a movie that's not going to age very well. Oh, okay. It will it it will it will be like looked at and laughed at in <laughs> twenty years. Whereas like The Dark Knight, you know, it's like I'm sure that people will look back and be like, oh my god, I can't believe, you know, that he wore that costume. But the movie itself holds up. I will tell you that. I personally, and this might shock you, I do not like The Dark Knight. Well, I know. Oh my God! I, I you know. have a different opinion than it's, me, dude. What? You know what? <laughs> we need to hang up right now. If you get a death threat from XX <laughs> Slayer fan XX, you know who it is. At AOL.com. <laughs> yeah, at Hotmail.com. Ah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm open to hear what your thoughts are. So we did do a huge podcast on it where we did all three of the Nolan Batmans. I don't like the second and third one. I do like the first one. First one's great. I think that was done very well. My problem is right now, let's say, obviously, Heath Ledger was amazing as Joker, right? Yeah. Cut him out. There's 15 minutes gone of a two-hour and 45-minute film. Hmm. The rest of that movie, the crazy Batman voice... The <laughs> terribly ham-handed racism on the boats. What was it? Remember? So remember that Devo is in the one cruise ship and the Joker has it set that there are two bombs in each cruise ship and they give the power to blow up the other one first to each one. So one has rich people on it. The other one has prisoners. Yeah. So Devo's on it. And they do that whole hand-handed thing where they're like making it seem like the rich people are going to do it, but then the prisoner is going to do it, and Devo takes it and then throws it outside. Yeah. People in my theater clapped at that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Why does that upset you? I don't like ham-handed, and I know what I said ham-handed ham like a bunch of times, <laughs> but they're trying to say 
Like, like heavy-handed, like they're just trying to smack you over the head with a message kind of yes, thing? Yes, yeah. Okay. I'm not a big fan. It's the same as they do it later on in the film, too, because at that point, that was when the whole George Bush wiretapping thing was happening. Okay. Remember when they had Batman trying to find the Joker? And obviously the Joker is this huge terrorist, like if you want to use that terminology, like in one city. So Batman yeah. is tapping everything. He's trying to find out where the Joker is. And Morgan Freeman takes that stance of like, I'm quitting. I'll never work with you again. These people need their privacy. You shouldn't go about it this way. And it's like, come on, man. He's Batman. He's trying to find this diabolical killer. Just, <laughs> I don't know. That's actually really, really insightful. Maybe I, I look too much into this stuff. I don't know. No, no, I don't think you do. I mean, they pour over every second of those movies like hundreds of times. You know, like everything in a movie for the most part gets thought of. Yes, um, right. So I don't think that you're wrong. It's okay. Uh, I, I could just, be wrong. <laughs> well, I just, uh, <laughs> I guess I never even really realized that. I, it's been like probably five or six years since I've seen the movie, but it is funny like when you s- sense that a movie is just very clearly making social commentary. Right. You know, let's piss people off a little bit more. I also don't believe, and I've already said this on the podcast, so what do I care? I also find it very hard to believe that two men would be trying to chase Maggie Gyllenhaal. You don't think she's attractive? I do not. I don't. I don't even. No, I think she's pretty. If it was Jake Gyllenhaal, I'd be like, yes, I understand. You're like, absolutely. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but Maggie Gyllenhaal, eh. She seems like she friend zones a lot of people. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> true. <laughs> See, we brought it full circle. See, you know this podcast thing. You get oh, it. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> got You got to bridge something together, you know? It's very true. So you tell me what made that movie, besides a Joker, what made that movie something that you still like? Um, It's a good fucking question. That's uh, the why fact I that run everyone the show. else says it's cool. <laughs> I don't know. I'm entertained when I watch it. Um, mm-hmm. I like, I mean, I like the Joker. Uh, and his like, just how he tries to dismantle Batman, and how he tries to like create chaos and and Gotham, and basically be like undefeatable, right? Um, and defeat Batman by like making him have to step down. Um, I think that's kind of an interesting way to defeat a superhero. That's um, true. So I thought that was cool, but. I don't know. I'd have to watch it again to, I mean, I was, I'm, I know a lot more now that I'm 27 than when I did when I last watched it when I was like uh, 22 or something. Sure, sure. So, you know, my brain's fully developed now. It's all downhill <laughs> from here. So I don't know. It is funny when I go back and like watch things I haven't seen in five years. And right. I was like, why did I think that was good? Oh yeah. No, that's <laughs> definitely happened. Look, I remember seeing, the third Spider-Man in theaters and being like, it has venom. So this is great. And then I watched it a week later and was like, why is emo Spider-Man doing that? Why is he snapping his fingers? Oh, just walking down the street. (laughs) You know what, dude? Here's the thing is, is I was not duped. Oh, when I saw that, when I saw that as a middle schooler, I was like, what? And I was an emo kid. Right. I was like, me too. (laughs) I was like, what the fuck? fuck is going on this is the worst and then i was like oh venom though yeah exactly so i got half tricked but when that part happened i was like this is this is awful yeah no no it's it still goes down i mean look they're rebooting spider-man again for the third time there's a reason for that yeah well i thought the first one was good i thought the second one was good okay i didn't i didn't watch the the ones with uh the amazing Spider-Man's, yeah. but I, I, to me, they they will go in the box of the Wonder Woman's of the uh, world, where it's just like, it it was good for that, but it's just not a timeless movie. Right. They weren't terrible. I still, I think it was interesting, at least in the second one, that they actually killed Gwen Stacy because I thought with how childish they were making them that they wouldn't go that far. But I actually saw it at the premiere, and it was all kids. It was all kids and their parents. When Gwen Stacy dies, her head hits like the floor at a super fast speed. And there's this sickening thunk when it happens. The whole theater went quiet. And then kids just started crying. And the parents were like, oh, don't worry. She's okay. She's okay. And I just couldn't help but start laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, 
wow, that just happened. Yep. Yeah, I did, I never got to see it. But what? Give me a movie that you think like because the way that I view superhero movies mm-hmm. is the way that I think that we view westerns. Ah, like okay. it, it's a it's a very like it's hot right now and people love it. Right, I fucking love it right now. I do too. It was the same way westerns were back in like you know the sixties and seventies, where it's like people literally could not get enough of westerns. They were obsessed. Right. Right. And I I think it's like just a different form for us but that doesn't mean that there weren't good westerns that came out that you know we remember i don't i never really liked the genre but i know that a lot of people enjoy like at least a couple movies right who, that were westerns so what do you think is going to be like the the uh comic book movie that when we're looking back on the comic book era of of cinema that will that will be like this is just a good movie i would say my it's a little weird i think we'll still like deadpool I would I would say Deadpool is a big one. I think Logan is a damn fucking good movie. Got a third? Captain America Winter Soldier. Hmm. That's at least you know for me. No, I I agree with two of those. I think Deadpool <laughs> uh is that movie's amazing and it broke so many like comic book movie rules. It broke every comic book movie rule. I mean the, yes. the the existence of that character is to break all of the tropes and rules and right. make fun of everything exactly and damn it if they did not do a great job yeah, they it. did they really um did. i liked uh what was the other one you said logan logan i think will be decent but i think that logan's paving the way for like even more good serious r-rated comic book movies right like logan logan was like the the comedy version Deadpool proved to be very financially viable. Logan mm-hmm. proved that the serious version R rated would be financially viable. Now right. I think it's up to Marvel to really like perfect the like Logan style R rated movie. Not that it wasn't good, but I feel like there will be a better one that comes out three or four years from now. Ah, uh, that's a possibility um, for sure. And then uh, mine would be Guardians of the Galaxy and Winter Soldier. Okay, because Guardians Guardians also did that too. It kind of revolutionized the the Marvel movie, like kind yes. of reinvented it, mm-hmm. where they're like, we're gonna add a lot of humor into this, yes. and you're gonna think that this is some like really emotional moment, and then we're just gonna cut it off <laughs> with a joke and just blindside you. Right. And at the time when it came out, it was it was very like shit. I was not expecting that joke, or I was not expecting this joke, right. and. uh you know, you look at like the trailers for Thor Ragnarok and they're just absolutely taking a page from Guardians of the Galaxy's oh, book. Absolutely. So. Not only that, but even the advertisements, like the script that they're using for the aesthetics. Yeah. It's all like eighties video game stuff. Yep. No, I yeah. totally agree with that. And then Winter Soldier, I mean, that's just a great movie. Yeah, I fucking love look, I love Civil War as well. But I think I loved it too. Yeah, they just added probably a little bit too much. But I almost put them at the same level. Yeah. And I think when I look back like on all those movies, those will be the ones that I'm like, yeah, I want to rewatch those 20 yeah. years later. No, I'm totally with you. Guardians is like right outside. And I will tell you also, I love the second one. I did too. So those are all just right there. And they're all Marvel movies. No DC movie even comes close to any of those. I, I would say DC movies come close to the worst Marvel movies. Yeah. Like Silver Surfer, Fantastic Four stuff. Yes, exactly. It's just like that's that's the realm that the DC cinematic universe lives in for me. I totally agree. And I know you go to a lot of movies. Is there anything that you're looking forward to coming up? I'm looking forward to Spider-Man a lot. Uh, I'd say as far as one that I'm really, really excited for, it's uh, Blade Runner. Oh, the remake. Yeah. Wow. See, I always worry about any type of remake or reboot. But it's it's uh, from one of my favorite directors, Denis Vill. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he did uh, he did Arrival, which I think is my oh, favorite sure. movie of 2016, like by far. Oh, very nice. Okay. Um, I thought that was a great, 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 great movie. Um, so he he did Arrival. He's done a lot of other movies that are really good, uh, which I haven't seen, so I couldn't say. But other people say they're good. <laughs> Um, nice. so he's, he's done, he's done one of my favorite movies of all time, I would say. And so wow. I'm really excited to see what he does with this one. 
What about the Dark Tower movie? Because that's my most look forward to. I, I never really got much into Stephen King, so I'm not mm-hmm. like, I mean, I'm definitely going to see it. It looks sweet. Right. Um, and I'm excited that they're starting to adapt Stephen King novels to the big screen. But uh, like, I have no idea. I, I never like grew up with them or anything like that. So I'll. Yeah, that's a little different for me. That's my like number one. So I'm very worried about the movie, but I'm also looking forward to it. You should be glad that, that someone's taking a legitimate shot at it, you know? Right. Like, that they're like, let's give it a shot, see if we can make a sweet movie. No, very true. Look, if you've heard of The Mist before, they're starting that TV series now as well. I've never even heard of it. That was a Stephen King movie, well, book, then movie, and the movie did okay, but now they're making it into like a 10-part series on Spike. I feel like that's the the way to go with some with certain things. You got to have more time to tell the story than two hours. I agree. And actually, that's kind of a good metaphor for this show because I realize I have to wrap up to get to, unfortunately, another uh, interview that I have to do. (laughs) So I realize we barely talked about music whatsoever. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) I think maybe you can do port sesh, but then also we just need to start our own podcast where we talk about (laughs) random shit every week as well. Dude, I, I really love talking and hearing my own voice, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, great. Yeah. So. Well, here, let me do at least some type of a plug here. So once again, everyone, make sure you check out everything that Johnny Frank is doing right now. He has so much stuff. I'm going to have tons and tons of links in the description of this episode. But Johnny, right now, what's the best way for people to support you? I don't know. I mean... I've, I'm doing a lot of different stuff. Like it, it just, if you come across anything that you like, you know, I, I just want to make shit that I enjoy and that people enjoy and check, check it out. If you don't like it, that's fine. If you do like it, then fuck. Yeah. You know, I love being entertaining for people and I love making people laugh and making people happy. And, you know, uh, just anything of mine that you find that helps you out or does anything for you. Fuck. Yeah. Um, chair, Bill Murray, porch sesh, uh, the March ahead, crazy 88 or anything that I have a hand in. Like I feel really, really thankful that people give a shit about what I'm doing and I don't take that for granted at all. So no, that's awesome, man. And I didn't even do this during the episode because you know, you've been on the show before, but I think you already know the audience knows how much of a fan I am of your music. It's not just to have you on and shoot the shit. I am a very big fan, and I think you heard that probably in the <laughs> frame review as well. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome to hear that, man. I was really like fucking stoked. I don't know. I the the interesting thing about the internet is you don't really get to see people react like in real time to when they listen to your music. So you just gotta kind of rely on interactions like this. And so anytime someone says something nice about it, I'm very like grateful for that. So oh, for sure. No, look, you deserve it. Johnny, obviously, I'll have you back on the show in a few months, and we'll do Sweet. we'll do this all over again. You'll have another, I don't know, two albums out by that time, so <laughs> it'll, it'll be great. Hell yeah. Well, thank you very much, man. Hey, man, I hope you have a great night of band practice and lifting. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> no limit in the sky that I won't fly for you. Amount of tears in my eyes that I won't cry for ya Oh no With every breath that I take I want you to share that air with me There's no promise that I won't keep I'll climb a mountain that's not too steep When it comes to you There's no crime Let's take both of our souls Intertwine When it comes to you Don't be blind Watch me speak from my heart When it comes to you Comes to Oh 
I hope you had a lot of laughs there. That was really fun joking around with Johnny. And hopefully you realize why I picked that track to come out of the conversation. That was To You, the Bieber cover that Johnny did with the March Ahead. Catchy fucking track. It really is. So I have links in the description of this episode for you to support Johnny and everything he's doing. We know you're really going to enjoy his music. So check all of those out. Thank you to Johnny once again for being on the show. It's always a really fun time. Also, you can support Ian Hates Music by following the other links in the description of this episode. Follow all the social media there. You can also listen to the weekly Ian Hates Music show where my co-host Jax and I talk all the scene news, new songs, debates, comedy, whatever we want to talk about. It's all there, all for free. So until Johnny puts out the next bunch of Bill Murray, The March Ahead, Chair, anything else that he's putting out, here's another track from Frame. It's called Across, and I will leave you the way I always do, long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone.
Cause I need 